The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here. And as you know, it's our All 32 series, the series where we catch you up with insiders from every team and get you the information that you need ahead of the season. Today, we're covering the Houston Texans with sports anchor and reporter for KPRC2 Houston, covering the Texans, Ari Alexander. Ari, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. You know, I think that um, this is the, maybe the most pro Texans podcast, uh, or at least yes. I'm like the most pro Texans person in the in the I'm in the in the, in the NFL pro. media. Yeah, I'm not saying you don't like him. I'm just saying like I like for whatever reason yeah. am very high on the Texans this year, and people think I'm insane for it. Um, so I'll ask you, Ari, am I insane for thinking no. that the Texans could be like sneaky? I like I think the te- I want to bet on the Texans to win the AFC South. Is that I think it's a good bet, and it's not oh. necessarily because <laughs> of that. Like I'm high on the Texans. I think they're going to surprise people and be better than just like the general national trend of what people think they are. I think it's partially because the AFC South is so bad, and your schedule sure. just isn't that hard. You're you're playing NFC South teams and AFC South teams for much of your season, and there's just a ton of winnable games there. And they were competitive in a bunch of games last year, and they have a better quarterback, assuming CJ Stroud starts. All right, so let's get into the the coaching. I am a Niners girl, so I'm a big D'Amico mm. Ryan's fan. We miss him um, over here in San Francisco. But how does this new coaching staff already feel compared to the previous short-lived regimes uh, in Houston? It seems like D'Amico's coming home to stay. How do you guys feel about it? I think that the one word that would sum up how D'Amico Ryan's has been taken in Houston is serious. And that's more mm-hmm. of a reference to the fact that Lovey Smith and David Cully were sort of treated as unserious. So D'Amico is, uh, has gotten buzz. People care. The season tickets are up and doesn't matter what the season ends up as. Obviously if they get blown out in a bunch of games, I think that that tune changes, but right now it feels like people are energized. Uh, they feel like they have like players have said this 
openly in interviews, like we feel like we have a real coach. Uh, we have a shot at Lovey Smith, who was who was not good last year. David Cully wasn't good the year before. Um, somehow Cully won more games than Lovey did. But it feels like the Texans finally have a guy that is at least shown respect throughout uh, the rest of the league. Yeah, I, I, for sure. And it, it was like. You know, you fire. It's like one year. You know, you fire Cully and Lovey after like you know single years, and and like Lovey somehow cost him the number one overall. And this is the whole thing. It, it does feel. I, I like that approach. This it's serious. Like that is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think that's a that's a good way to describe to Mika. And I, I'm a big fan of his. I'm curious. Uh. You know, when you think about who he brought over, Bobby Slowick, the uh the OC, uh, passing game coordinator from the from the Niners. What do we think this offense will look like? Um. In in terms of how they're going to operate, because, you know, the personnel is. Uh, interesting, I guess, is a polite yeah. way of putting it. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of deep strike type of offense. Like Nico Collins is there for that, but he he hasn't necessarily been able to stay very healthy. He also hasn't played consistently well um, at times. And then you look around the rest of the team, you have Robert Woods coming off a bad year. We know what he can do when he's good, but he wasn't basically disappeared on the Titans last season. And then it's just a bunch of rookies, basically. So I think uh, there's going to be a lot of underneath stuff. Hopefully Tank Dell for the Texans can break out local kid here at UH. Um, he works out here uh, privately with the same trainer that works with uh, C.D. Lamb and Debo Samuel. And uh, when you watch him up close, I went to a training session with him and Jalen Waddell. And he's Tank Dell is very quick and shifty. He's working with like three private trainers. So if anyone's going to win the offseason, I do extra work championship. It's Tank Dell. <laughs> Um, but, and he looks good, uh, in practice. So if, if there's a guy that can break out, maybe as a rookie, I like him, but if that's who you're relying on, that's not great. So this is where for the, like the fantasy people, I am so high on Dalton Schultz. Uh, yeah. you get slammed with cowboy games year after year. Uh, it's not necessarily good or bad, but like, I just see the Cowboys too much because they're always, Oh no, TV. it's bad. It's, and it's, for it's good bad. reason, I just like, I'm just used to them on TV. <laughs> And so you see more Dalton Schultz than you would ever want to see. And he's a good player. And I yeah. think that he might end up, especially early in the season, because of how much rookie quarterbacks, especially in that offense, rely on their tight ends. I would like hammer Dalton Schultz over catches for the first four or five weeks. Ooh, like that's it. interesting. Uh, okay. Let's talk about who's throwing those passes to Dalton Schultz. You got CJ Stroud. Uh, Given the draft capital given up to acquire him in May, is he a stone cold lock for week one or what are your expectations for him in this first year? I would say yes, but I think the Texans are going to not treat it that way. I think they're going to go into camp splitting reps uh, for the most part. I think they want to see him have a good game in a preseason game, not just go out and look good in practice, um, you know, have a, an area where he's allowed to make mistakes I think they need to see it in a game, in game speed, even if it's the backups of, you know, the Saints when they're playing in a preseason game. But I would fully expect C.J. Stroud to be taking the first snap week one. If you give up all that you gave up to get him and Will Anderson, got a new coach, trying to transform the franchise into a serious franchise, there is no way you can bring out Davis Mills week one, even if they're playing the Ravens and that defense is good and you don't want to – have uh, C.J. Stroud seeing ghosts week one. I, I just don't think that you can have your fan base take you seriously and, and have Davis Mills start the first game. Is there yeah. – it feels like the – oh, sorry. Yeah, it feels like the the, the C.J. Stroud pick 
like I feel like D'Amico Ryan's and Casario, they're like, so this was the owner's pick, right? Like he made you guys take him. They're like, no, what are you talking about? We love him. Um, is, is that still the belief? sort of around the team and like, like you're kind of, it's like, all right, you guys might like him, but I mean, like do pe- people bought into the idea that there was, that the, that the organization was in lockstep with him. I think that by now with the good thing that's about CJ Stroud off the field. And like when you watch him in interviews and if you saw his like opening press conference with the Texans, he's really charismatic. And so whatever rumors or whatever stuff was going on, that there was uh, argument between Casario and, and where McNair stepped in and said, Hey, we got to have a quarterback. We got to sell tickets. No one talks about that here anymore. I think CJ is sort of won over the fan base and won over the radio guys and won everyone over just because like he's charismatic. He came out and he made jokes at the press conference and everyone seems to like him. And it's really good strategy on CJ Stroud's part because now he's going into training camp. He's going into these preseason games and there's no like, he's the number two quarterback behind Bryce young, or these guys didn't want him. Or what if, you know, we should have gotten Will Levis or whatever. There's none of that. CJ has kind of gotten everyone to like him. Well, that's good to know. It's so interesting because a lot of people thought that CJ was going to fall in the draft, including some people um, on this show. And then when he ends up going uh, what number two overall, it was very, very interesting. Um, Talking about the run game a little bit, you've got a defensive head coach in place. You've got a first-time offensive coordinator. What should we expect uh, for the split to be between Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce, given the regime's history in a Kyle Shanahan offense? You've got to think that D'Amico saw what worked in San Francisco, is going to try to implement that a little bit here in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I think Devin Singletary is going to get his touches, but Damian Pierce is in, and I, I know it's not might necessarily from like a fantasy standpoint, might not be the best way to look at it, but Damian Pierce is on a lot of the team's branding, and so I think that uh, he's he's considered to be a big part of the future. Obviously, you look at the quarterback and and Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, uh, with the big contract, is considered to be a lot of the branding, which like the Texans are not in a great place when you're putting a left tackle on the season tickets. Um, I think that Damian Pierce is a guy that that they do want to build around, especially early in the year when C.J. Stroud is just getting his feet wet, just getting used to the offense. I think they are going to lean heavily on the run game. You're going to see some Devin Singletary, but I think there's going to be plenty of Damian Pierce. And you got to keep in mind that Pierce is very fresh. He's a guy that didn't get enough carries in college. He They kind of brought him along slowly last year, and then he ended up having the good season. I think there's going to be plenty enough carries for Damian Pierce. Yeah, I think I feel like yeah, maybe fantasy is a bad idea just because of the way that the, the history runs. But I mean, like, I feel like Pierce is kind of a, a little bit of a bylaw. Like, I feel sort of cooled on him despite, mm. you know, the way that he played. Um, you mentioned Schultz and, and Woods and, uh, you know, Noah Brown also on the team. So is the was the goal to uh, give Jerry Jones FOMO every week with the with the various pass catchers? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It was like the, the like a couple of weeks where they're like, hey, they signed Noah Brown. Okay, yeah, I know who that is. They signed Dalton Schultz. Like, why are you rating? Oh, Malik <laughs> Collins, ex Cowboy. Like, I'm yeah. trying to now run through like the rest of the team. Yeah. I don't know if it's just, uh, it's not Nick Casario because he's a Patriots guy, but if I wonder if there's someone on the staff that this happens in baseball all the time where sure. you have like a scout that's just like, all right, I like these guys. And so they just bring over their philosophy. And apparently the Cowboys uh, had a bunch of these, like you mentioned, high low, buy low candidates that they can just pull over. Uh, it seems to work sometimes because Malik Collins. Uh, he's been a really good player uh, for the Texans. He's got an extension. So, yeah, maybe just maybe if CJ doesn't work out, they can grab Dak Prescott and bring CD Lamb home. <laughs> here. Imagine. 
imagine the Dak Prescott goes over. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're talking defense and Will Anderson's sack prop. It's pretty high. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Ari, uh, one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the draft is when the Texans moved up to the number three spot, grabbed Will Anderson. How much of an impact is he expected to have on defense? His sack total is set to eight, but that under mm. is heavily juiced. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I like that just because there's not necessarily a guarantee that Will Anderson starts or mm. that he's more, especially early in the season, he's more of a situational pass rusher because you look at what they have on defense already. Jerry Hughes had a really good season, at least the first half of the season. And then Jonathan Grenard had a good second half of the season. So you have some good defensive ends. Obviously they need way more depth than they have. Uh, they signed Sheldon Rankins. They have Roy Lopez. Who's okay. They have Malik Collins. Who's kind of an underrated player. They have some guys on that defensive line. They lost Obo Karonko who had a good back half of the year. Uh, so the Browns now, so I think there's a role for Will Anderson, a fairly heavy one, but I don't know how heavy that role is early in the season. So if the sack total is eight, it's kind of a lot. I almost like the – so now I'm looking at the rookies of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was with Tyree Wilson the night before the draft when he got his jewelry done. So <laughs> really? That's oh. awesome. And, and Devin Weatherspoon the day of the draft. I'm friends huh. with the jeweler. So um, <laughs> I'm looking at these good. odds here. Lucas five to one. Back. If you if you think he's not playing full time, then like five to one feels way too short to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that's it. Well, it's just because he's the the first defensive guy sure. drafted off the board. I wouldn't go for that prop. Um, I don't so know. You, how you much take I the like. under. You take the under on the yeah, on the I take total the under sacks. On sacks. I wouldn't put him up for rookie defense rookie of the year. I don't like Jalen Carter at five to one. I don't really. I don't know if I like Devin Witherspoon because he's going to a team where last year they had a high profile cornerback as well. Like. Let's get deeper. I want just a, a like the most. Like right now. Yeah, let's, get, let's get a let's get a defensive rookie of the year lock. Put, put it back yeah. up. Let's just, Ari's going to give us a, a sleeper here. Give me a deep sleeper. I don't like <laughs> yeah. any of those picks there. Maybe Lucas Van Ness at ten to one. But yeah, yeah, this is it's a weird defensive class just right. because it's like you don't have any of these like I mean like Anderson's like a stud obviously and Jalen Carter's a monster but it's like none of these guys are necessarily just going to. You don't feel like there's somebody. I mean, there's going to be somebody who pops. Maybe obviously, Christian but. Gonzalez. Where's Christian Gonzalez? Ooh, Christian Gonzalez. I think like ten to one, maybe. He's a, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, I like him there. What do we got? Jack yeah. Campbell. Yeah, he's. A, I love. So I'm an Iowa fan, so I love Jack Campbell. But yeah, okay. well, he's going to play early, bad, right? Yeah. I think. Uh, I can see Nolan Smith's not bad. Eh. Oh, 23 Manuel to one. Forbes. That's my yeah, twenty to one on Nolan Smith isn't too bad, especially he's going to be on a on a good team. Mm, I like this. Uh, Will McDonald, twenty five to one. Yeah, pass rusher. Maybe he comes out and blows up. That's um, not bad. 
Oh, we should just turn this into the defensive rookie of the year podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would go deep on this one. I'd throw a couple bucks on Mozzie Smith. Why not? Yeah. I mean, 30 to one. Like, dude, somebody's going to surprise out of this with the way yeah. the top is shaken out. Um, you mentioned some of those free agents that they brought in, like the defensive ones. It felt very uh, Patriots-y, at least like, you know, when, like when Belichick got to New England um, and you sort of see how, like, he's always approached it by like, all right, like whenever he is trying to reboot a team, he, he tries to load up on like quality veterans. It feels like like guys who are under the radar, and it, it felt similar to that in Houston. And when you bring when you add D'Amico to the the mix, like I don't know, I think you can kind of squint your eyes and say this defense could be league average if everything clicks, right? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, their secondary is good. Uh, there's two position groups on the Texans that no one ever pays attention to that I think are good position groups around the league. One is the offensive line for the most part. You got four out of five guys that are, or at least three out of five that should be okay. Your tackles are good. Shaq Mason is solid. Don't know what you have in uh, Kenyon Green at right guard. Had a bad rookie year last year. And then you're probably running out a rookie center in Juice Scruggs. Secondary is good. Jalen Petrie was excellent last year. Jalen Petrie is a guy that if he you put up his stats uh, last year's a rookie year against the rest of the rookies this year, he probably wins defensive rookie of the year. Mm. They signed Jimmy Ward, who's a good player. Their cornerback group is Derek Stingley, Desmond King, and Steve Nelson, who are all either solid or obviously Derek Stingley uh, was a top pick and has the hype to end up eventually turning into a good player if he stays healthy. But Desmond King's a good slot corner. Steve Nelson is one of those guys that no one, no casual fan ever thinks about, but the players know that he's a good player. And so, like, you have a good secondary. The linebacker group is, is a little bit of a concern. They added Denzel Perryman. He's out in the same gym working out with Tank Dell. Uh, you added Sheldon Rankins to your defense, and you had a bunch of defensive ends, the Jerry Hughes, uh, John Grenard group, who had underrated seasons. Again, they're not big-name guys for the most part, or Jerry Hughes is generally considered to be past his prime, but they were solid. And so I think they had the worst run defense in the year, uh, the league last year. They had a good pass defense. So if you can just improve that run defense slightly, which I feel like a, a middle of Sheldon Rankins and – Malik Collins, and now adding uh, Denzel Perryman, if he can stay healthy. Christian Harris has another year to grow. You have a bunch of other linebackers to pick from. It can be a little better. I'm not saying they're going to be maybe top half of the league, but if you can get them like 24th in run defense and then top 10 pass defense, which isn't out, you know, out of the question, they can end up having a league average defense. All right, let's talk about uh, the team futures. You've already kind of proven to us you got a little degen in you, which we appreciate. Mm -hmm. yeah. Odds to win the division, 10 to 1, win total 6.5. Now, this podcast is very high on the Texans this year. No one higher on them than Will Brinson. <laughs> he said multiple times that they will win the AFC South. He loves this at 10 to 1. I said good. I didn't say will. But, but like, also, I think the win total's moved up. What did 5.5? Oh, Am I crazy? Don't, don't walk it back now, Brinson. Don't walk it back I know. now. This I'm already. I'm already I'm already too deep on this Texans thing. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a sad sight. Yeah, I mean, I I like that at ten to one because look at why are the Titans plus three twenty? The Titans are bad. You, you <laughs> play, they went three two and one in the division last year with Davis Mills as your quarterback and Lovey Smith as your coach. They had the best record in the division. They tied for the best record in the division with the Jags. Uh, why? Or I think the Jags maybe went four and two, but again, you went three two and one in the division last year. Why are they suddenly supposed to be significantly worse than the Titans? The Titans aren't good. Yeah. So you're looking at these games. They play these teams six times. Why couldn't you go five and one? You could split with yeah. the Jaguars. They've historically beaten the Jaguars. You could sweep the Titans. You could sweep the Colts. The Colts and the Titans are bad. All three of these teams, the Titans, Colts, and Texans, are all bad. 
There, it's all swapped <laughs> there. There's no – like, I don't look at the Titans roster and go, oh, yeah, Derrick Henry's going to run for 180 on him again. Under, like, with what? What do they have at quarterback? What do they have at – they just got DeAndre Hopkins. And that's it. Like – and, and ten, no. as you point out, Robert Woods, like Tennessee's where Julio Jones is where receivers go to die these days. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they have a few good players on defense, but their their defense wasn't good last year. As much as like we're maybe looking at the Texans to be a team that could be slightly better than what expectation is like around the league. Like the Titans are bad. They're really <laughs> bad. Like why? I don't understand why people think that they're, they're a significant pick over the Colts to be third. All three of these teams are awful. I love a 10 to one. I would absolutely hammer that. Hammer it. All right. Well, I mean, no one's going to complain about that on this podcast. I've been smashing, I've been saying smashing for a while. I mean, I think if you like the 10 to 1, too, you kind of have to like the over six and a half wins, right? I mean, plus 120, you know, as you point out, like you, you have four and two in this division. And you, that means you, that means you're, and look, you know, you've got a rookie quarterback. It could go south. The Texans haven't been good for a while. Like they haven't been like a, you know, great team for, for a hot minute. It could go south. Like it's totally possible. But, you go, you have four and two or even three and three in this division, and you just got to win three or four more games outside of that to get the over, and you're getting a plus money. I, I love the over six and a half. Well, that's when you're looking at, like, you look at the rest of the schedule, and it's not like it sets up difficultly. Like, yes, you're going to lose week one to the Ravens, and then you have a bunch of division games. You play the Falcons on the road, which is a winnable game. Like, Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. You play the Saints at home, which seems, which is, you know, you could win that game, but probably not. You play the Panthers on the road, potentially a winnable game, depending on the quarterbacks there. You play the Bucs. Kyle Trask, who's from here, might be starting for the Bucs. You could win that game. You play the Cardinals. You could win that game. The Broncos were horrible last year. You could win that game. The Texans are hosting the Browns, and they have extra, you know, juice to take out Deshaun Watson. You could win that game. Like, there is potentially up to nine wins on the board for me on the Texans. I don't think they get nine, but I see plenty of opportunities for them to get seven. I love that, right? You are high on Dalton Schultz this year. His receiving yard set to 500 and a half. Are you hammering this over as well, Ari? Yeah, that's not. I'm, we're like, I'm saving up to, to buy a house now. I would put all that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Dalton Schultz doesn't get hurt, 500 yards. So we're uh, Dalton Schultz get like forty yards a game, like yes, Dalton Schultz. It's actually, it's actually if he plays all seventeen games, that's under thirty yards a game. Yeah, Dalton Schultz what are we doing is here? not going two catches in twenty eight yards a game, especially in this offense. And now they have like a clear tight end one. Where the last few years it's been like Daniel Fells and Jordan Aikens, and they've just ran throwing random guys out there. Like Schultz, Schultz is your clear tight end one over five hundred. And I don't like the the one fifteen, but I would take him if I can get like a, a modified prop. Give me six hundred and seven hundred. I would bet those on Dalton Schultz too. I like All it. Right. I'm, I'm Schultz is somebody I'm definitely adding. The uh, Damian Pierce, eight hundred seventy-four in fantasy. I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, big Dalton Schultz fan. I, 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 before this podcast, but now I'm a very big Dalton Schultz fan. <laughs> uh, rushing touchdowns for Damian Pierce over under five and a half. The overs even money, which is a little uh, surprising. Yes. Like they're going to feed the guy in the red zone, right, or the, down yes. by the goal line. Yes, why? It's five. That's it. Five and a half. Uh, I know he didn't have a ton of touchdowns last year, but he also like didn't have all that much opportunity early in the year. Yeah, give me over five and a half. Like again, so we're looking at you need six touchdowns. Their their offense isn't going to be that bad where they're like hurting to score six rushing touchdowns, and then you add like three or four, like ten for the year, right? Like yes, I would absolutely. I would hammer over five and a half. 
All right, one last question, just because the vibes are so high right no, now. Regular season passing yards at 3,380 and a half. Mm. I, maybe under there. So that's where. <laughs> okay. And it's, it's less less than, I don't necessarily not believe in CJ Stroud. It's just a deep, it's like a, you know, a decent amount of yards. And then you look at his receiving core and there are just so many questions there. Like I like Dalton Schultz. Like Dalton Schultz has proven to me over the years that he is a competent tight end. But you look at potentially washed Robert Woods. Uh, you have no idea what Nico Collins is yet. Rookie Tank Dell, rookie Xavier Hutchinson, whatever Noah Brown is, like I that's 501 big... yards for from Dalton Schultz. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, and the, yeah, right. Where are you, so where are you getting the other 2880 from? Like that's yeah. that's a big number for. Uh, if they would have added DeAndre Hopkins, which wasn't ever going to happen, but if they would have added him, I, I, you know, there's your clear number, like number one receiver. Who's your number one receiver right now, other than Dalton Schultz? So I, I just don't see where you're getting almost 3,400 yards from CJ Stroud. All right, so maybe a little bit of a trepidation there. If I've learned anything from this podcast, it is don't sleep on Dalton Schultz or the Texans' <laughs> ability to win this year. Thank you so much to Ari Alexander. Stay tuned for more from our All32 podcast with daily drops in your podcast feed and on YouTube. And make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to this video. If you're listening to audio only, uh, do the same. Like, comment, uh, download, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much, Ari. You're a blast. Thanks, Ari. That was great, man. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.